Historically and today, our country has been overrun by those with money and power, giving little voice to the everyday American. We're here to change that. Welcome to All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray. Each week, our program addresses the problems we are facing in our country, as well as thought-provoking and effective libertarian solutions. This could change the way you see opportunities in your life and your children's lives as well. Now, here is Judge Jim Gray. Hello out there and welcome wherever you are in our great country and around the world, actually. This is Judge Jim Gray on the Voice America Variety Channel, and I'm still excited. We're able to get into numbers of really important issues, fun issues, important issues on this edition of All Rise, the Libertarian Way with Judge Jim Gray. And as I hope you've discovered already in just a couple of shows we've had, uh, you'll be able to by spending an hour with us on each Friday morning at 10 o'clock Eastern or 7 o'clock Pacific, we'll take one of the serious issues of our day, many of which are really not addressed by the so-called leaders, or they, they in effect, demagogue it, and provide an in-depth analysis showing how we can apply libertarian values and approaches such that people everywhere will all rise, will all rise together frequently, huh, no problem there, at the expense of many powerful and established special interests. So today we're going to be talking about our veterans. You know, I believe that one of the biggest breaches of contract that we as a people have is with our veterans. They have gone into battle zones. They have understood that they could lose their lives. Uh, they could mentally have some problems, certainly physically have some problems. And this sounds kind of awful, but sometimes I think the lucky ones are the ones that just lost an, a leg or an arm because that's noticeable and people, of course, give them appropriate deference. But if they get involved in PTSD, I, I've had numbers of veterans tell me when they were in Vietnam or Iraq that they were just somewhere and all of a sudden their best buddy standing right next to them was shot through the chest and killed. Why wasn't it me? That, that sort of traumatic thing uh, when you're under fire, you're under combat, you maybe should have done something differently and you feel that some of your, your buddies lost their lives. Uh, you're, you're, you're around numbers of explosions. Whatever it is, you can have mental difficulties, uh, flashbacks for the rest of your life, and they're not diagnosable so much. We as a people, we as a government owe it to our veterans, in my opinion, and I hope in yours, to give them the maximum amount of assistance for their having been in harm's way for us. And such that Right now, it is incumbent upon the veteran to show the government, to prove to the Veterans Administration that their maladies, their difficulties were incurred in line of service or while they were in the military. I personally would change that to put the government government on the burden of showing that whatever malady it is was not incurred when they were on duty. And I think that uh, that is something that we really must do. I, I'm sympathetic with the Veterans Administration. I think they try hard, but they're understaffed, they're underfunded, they're under-equipped, and they need to be better better assisted by all of us. You get into the laws on these things, and there's some logical things. Like I learned when I was in the military and the Navy, back in the Dark Ages, that in fact, if you are all of a sudden deployed, uh, you're able by the soldiers and civil, civil 
Soldiers and Sailors Civil Relief Act to break your leases. You know, landlord, it wasn't my fault that all of a sudden I was deployed to some emergency situation. So we helped them out doing that sort of thing. Uh, if you were born out of country, like I was born actually in the District of Columbia during the end of the Second World War, but my parents were, were domiciled in California, so I am domiciled in California. My son Bill was born when I was on the island of Guam, but he was, by, this, by virtue of law, was now able to say that he was actually a natural resident of, of California. So these are things that we just need to look at. And today's guest is going to help us do that. Uh, Antoinette Balta, what a wonderful lady. And she has, in effect, been hugely involved with regard to assisting veterans, enforcing their rights at something called the Veterans Legal Institute. I'm proud that uh, I'm just playing a small part there as being a member of the board of directors. She's playing a Herculean part, executive director and co-founder. Go back with the resume of Antoinette. Uh, she has a she's a JAG officer for the California State Military Reserve. Uh, she is a graduated cum laude from Chapman University with a business administration degree, and she was also got a JD, a judicial doctorate at Chapman University, as well as a master's of law. So she is a panther. That's what. University of Chapman, Chapman University are. They're the Panthers. <laughs> and if you knew Altonette Balta and you're about to, you would understand that she's a Panther too. Uh, stand back because if she is going to, any of her veterans have some problems, uh, she will assist them in getting free legal advice, free legal assistance, housing issues, healthcare issues, educational employment. These are things that the VLI, Veterans Legal Institute, are able to help our veterans with. She's also involved in trying to provide information to our veterans, maybe just as soon as they're about to uh, get their discharge from the military, and show them various traps that they can avoid. It's an awful lot better, instead of having to use a lawyer to resolve problems that have occurred to keep them from occurring in the first place. So these are things that Antoinette Balta has been able to do. I am proud of her. I'm proud to know her. And I'm also proud to introduce her right now to you as our guest. Antoinette, please accept our acclaim and, uh, and welcome. Thank you, Judge Gray. I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words and your support of our service members. Well, tell us a little bit about your background, Antoinette. Uh, I mentioned that you're a panther and uh, stand back with that one, but uh, how did you get interest, interested in, in vets and uh, there's certainly the needs that uh, they have and, tr and doing your beyond your part to assist in those needs? What, what lit your fire in that regard? Well, you know, it's not hard to be passionate about zealously serving or advocating on behalf of the most patriotic of our countrymen and women. And those are people, in my opinion, who signed that blank check to serve our nation and defend our freedom. So growing up as the daughter of immigrants, I had a special place in my heart for the United States of America because I could directly compare my situation, my freedoms, my opportunities to those of other members of my family who didn't live in the United States. And based on that, I realized how incredibly blessed that I am and that my immediate family members are, my brothers and my sister and my parents. We had this incredible opportunity to work hard and be able to accept the successes of these opportunities and be healthy, happy, stable, practice our religion freely, 
and have other freedoms, and especially as a woman, that's an incredible blessing to be in the United States. So I am incredibly indebted to those who have defended these rights that I have, and for that reason, I like to do my small part to pay back and to create a better world for those that have helped me. Antoinette, what you're saying there is just so critically important. That is just appreciation that we are so blessed to be able to be in this country. I was I was born here. My parents were born here. Two sets of grandparents were born here. So through no fault of my own, I've been blessed by being a citizen of the United States of America. But I do know that people that were immigrants more often appreciate it even more heavily than those of us that were they're more, a lot more native. Tell us, though, what? Uh, what VLI does, a Veterans Legal Institute, what, what the services are that we do, and then maybe tell us a few uh, success stories or even non-success stories uh, in our past. I'd be happy to do so. Thank you, Judge Gray. Um, well, I decided after law school that I wanted to do public interest work, but unfortunately I couldn't afford it um, because, as you may or may not know, public interest attorneys you know, they work at legal aids across the country. They're incredibly underfunded. So I did spend a few years working in the private sector. And when I was able to make the leap, I did jump into working for a local legal aid. And I provided services for low-income civilians. And it was at that time that I started volunteering at a National Guard armory. They had an emergency shelter there in Orange County during the winter. And I noticed that it was very strange that Around 30% of the people I saw there had served in the military. And I started asking people, have you ever served in the military? Did you ever serve in the military? And they would say yes. And sometimes they would be a little shy to say it as if they had some sort of embarrassment. Or they'd say, well, kind of, but I didn't deploy. Or kind of, but I only spent four years in. And I wondered, why is it that we have such a high percentage of members of our military that are having struggles in their civilian transition. So it was from there that I tried to develop a veteran project at a local civilian legal aid, and we did, and it was very successful. And we helped out lots of people during my tenure there. But I thought, we need to take this one step further. We need military-specific services, where the entire staff has the military cultural competence to be able to most effectively serve the veterans that need our help. Um, As you know, having experience in the military, there is military speak. There are certain terms and and ways that if we don't understand them, it's hard to establish rapport with a client who may be medically or mentally ill or struggling with military-specific issues. So it's important for the advocate to truly understand um, the language that they're speaking. So I was able to garner some local support and start Veterans Legal Institute. It is a full-fledged law firm, and we provide legal services for free to veterans that are low-income, homeless, disabled, at-risk, or mentally ill, or a combination of those. We also help out active service members and reservists. And a testament to the demand of these free legal services, which truly remove barriers to housing, healthcare, education, and employment, is that in our first year of operation, we had over 2,500 inquiries. Now, mind you, we're only able to serve those in Orange County, and we make exceptions for greater Southern California, but can you imagine if these services were offered nationwide, the impact that we would have on veteran homelessness, the impact that we would have generationally on veteran families, their children, keeping them in their housing, getting the veteran, the afflicted veteran health care, how this would affect their children and grandchildren. So 
it's truly been a blessing to be able to see the difference in the lives that we make and what I believe to be preventing veteran suicide by being a strong source of advocacy to those heroes that may need a hand up. You are working with VLI, Veterans Legal Institute. I'll bet you, because we're in Orange County, and you said in, in Southern California, are there other Orange Counties in our country? But this, this show is going around our country, really, and around the world. So if I were in another state, how could I learn about VLI and maybe learn some lessons or even talk with you to help put in an equivalent of VLI, say, in Illinois or, or Pennsylvania? Uh, how can they contact you? Well, people can contact me directly through the website at www.vetslegal.com. And through there, there's a contact link. If you're interested in starting up or trying to access legal services for free in your county, the best place would be to start with your local bar association and ask around. Some counties have civilian legal aids. More rural counties typically do not. Um, But as you know, Judge Gray, once you leave the military, you no longer have access to your judge advocate or your JAG officer. So oftentimes, these former service members are out. They don't get to access the legal services. And what's even more important for people to know is that if you're a 100% disabled veteran, you do get compensated monthly by the VA. It's not a lot, but that 100% compensation is often enough to make you too rich for purposes of legal aid. So you'll still be too poor to be able to afford your own legal services, but you're too rich to qualify for civilian legal aid or other legal aids so that basically you can't access the services that you need by virtue of being 100% disabled and service-connected through the VA. Yeah, I, I was smiling when in the last uh, couple of sentences because I knew that I had heard that phrase, you're too rich to be poor, but too poor to be rich. And now I remember uh, the source of that because it, it really does cause some real problems for people. Uh, I can tell you that I really do admire the Veterans Administration and the people that work there. I made the comment earlier that I think they are vastly overfunded such that they simply do not have the ability. They do have the desire, but not the ability to step in and do what needs to be done for our vets. Do you share that same assessment? Well, I definitely think that the VA is a large bureaucracy, and it's hard, given the millions of veterans that are accessing services, to make sure that everyone gets touched or reached. Um, Locally, I believe that the VA hospital in Long Beach is doing a tremendous job um, because they are looking into outside resources and nonprofits to provide tangential services where they may fall short or where they may not be able to provide them. That being said, um, within every bureaucracy, there's always going to be opportunities to improve. And I am hopeful um, under this present secretary that they are going to be responsive to the feedback from veterans and veteran advocates in order to provide better services. I would ask you probably the most general question I can ask you or anyone else, uh, Antoinette Balta. What is the greatest, most important thing in life? Okay, that's a general question. My answer is gratification. Knowing that because you were here, walked the face of the earth, you have made the world a somewhat better place. And that just has to be inwardly gratifying. That's what you have t- you've told us that you have received from doing something that is really important. It may not be the most lucrative thing in the world, but 
on behalf of us all, Antoinette, to VLI, Veterans and Legal Institute, I, I believe that you're getting that gratification. You can just hear it in your voice. Been pretty, pretty wonderful experience for that regard, has it not? Absolutely. I am blessed and I do have an attitude of gratitude for the opportunity to be able to do work that I love. A lot better than uh, you know what you're doing before, I suppose. But uh, when we come back from the ne- from our, our to our next segment, I'm going to ask you for some examples, maybe case studies. Obviously, uh, with anonymity as far as the people are concerned, uh, I have a friend who is a fellow judge here in Orange County who was in the CBs in Vietnam, uh, d- driving. Uh, various uh, heavy equipment, tractors, that sort of thing. And he believes, he now has testicular cancer and believes that directly it was a result of Agent Orange that he was sprayed on him a few times in Vietnam. Uh, it just it just really bothers him. His attitude is good. Uh, he's not resentful. But uh, my goodness, if, if the VA could assist even this judge, uh, we should be able to do that. I've also learned that traumatic brain injury is not the same thing as mental illness, that you can have trauma to the head, which is different diagnosis, different results. So we need to get into these things. I'm going to ask you for some kind of down and dirty uh, examples that you have that, that uh, where VLI has been able to help people or conversely, where you've done your level best, but it hasn't worked just so we can show the world what it is that VLI is doing and the, the necessity of our veterans to be able to receive these services, which they so richly, deeply deserve. So you, we all heard at the beginning of this show, it has a jingle, and it's called Americans All. Uh, I was able to write a musical that's performed by various high schools to mentor our our young people, but it is, the whole thesis of this is, Americans all, Americans all, we are Americans all, and, and we have to band together to help our vets. We're going to hear some of those examples after these couple of messages next when we come back on All Rise. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Libertarian Party is the third largest political party in the United States, and it's more successful than ever. We don't just talk the talk of individual liberty and free markets. We also walk the walk. Libertarian Party candidates are getting elected to office across the United States, and we are making a difference. The Libertarian Party is also the only third party that routinely has ballot access in every state. Our achievements and influence grow every year, and you can be part of that success. You can register as a Libertarian Party voter in your state to help us achieve easier ballot access. You can also visit lp.org today to become a member of the Libertarian Party, no matter which party you register with. Join the Libertarian Party today at lp.org. Together, we can move mountains. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. 
You are listening to All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray. To find out more about Judge Gray, visit JudgeJimGray.com. That's JudgeJimGray.com. Now, back to All Rise. So welcome back. You're with me, Judge Jim Gray, on All Rise, the Libertarian Way with Judge Jim Gray, and my wonderful guest, Antoinette Balta of the Veterans Legal Institute, a co-founder, the executive director, doing really wonderful things to supply legal assistance to our vets definitely needed and the rest but we're going to go through some might even bring some tears into your eyes to hear some of the things that have gone well and some of the things that have not gone well uh, Antoinette Balta I understand that about 30% of the homeless people in Los Angeles and Orange counties here in Southern California are vets and my goodness that's just intolerable it would seem to me so how do you agree with that assessment and what can we do as Veterans Legal Institute to provide legal assistance for our homeless that were veterans? Well, Judge Gray, I think that's a great question, and I think that serving this population will actually trickle, have a trickle-down effect to not only the rest of the nation, but for future generations. I would say that 30% nationwide, there are different studies, but around 30% nationwide of the homeless are um, former members of the military, and that includes World War II, Korea-era, Vietnam-era veterans, all the way to Iraq and Afghanistan veterans. I would argue humbly that in Orange County it is slightly less because we do have a veterans collaborative that is made up of nonprofits and governmental organizations that work together and we speak with one another in order to best provide holistic services to our service members. So when I might have a client that comes in and and tells me, you know what, I have a DUI from 10 years ago. Can you help me expunge it so that I can get this job? Right now I'm homeless. I'll say, well, that's a great reason for an expungement. I will help you so we can remove that barrier to employment. And if you could go upstairs to Volunteers of America, they provide housing services, and perhaps they can assist you. Now we're providing a greater level of service um, to the veteran where we're resolving multiple issues, and the veteran is surrounded by a family of advocates. That's so they know they're not alone, so they know they are appreciated. Uh, and if you are mentally ill, uh, things are working so much against you. I used the example at the beginning of our show that if you lose a leg, which is certainly an awful thing, but at least you'll get the sympathy because it's visual. You, you can tell it. You can diagnose it. Uh, if you have a broken arm, you can get an x-ray. But if you're mentally ill or you get this PTSD, which is, I understand, pretty common from people that were at least in battle zones, uh, it's just not so easily diagnosable. Uh, if you are a parent or sibling of someone that was in the the military, and you believe that your loved one has the PTSD, the post-traumatic stress dis- uh, dis- syndrome, uh, what, what should you do? What can they do to get assistance for that family member, Antoinette? Well, first, I mean, I'd like to start off with a clarification that post-traumatic stress is definitely not limited to former and active service members of the military. You can get post-traumatic stress as a result of any traumatic event, whether you're civilian or military, you can get it from, you know, your parents divorcing or from a car accident or from an assault. So this issue of post-traumatic stress and mental health is definitely not a local issue. It applies worldwide to people, and we just need to do better at understanding these types of issues, showing compassion, and looking to better treatment. 
So that being said, um, we do receive a lot of veterans that are diagnosed or undiagnosed with post-traumatic stress. And what we tend to do is if the situation is appropriate, very tenderly, we try to help them access services at the VA or the Veterans Hospital. Um, if not, they can also get services at what are called vet centers. And there are vet centers around the nation. They're connected to the VA, but they're still separate. And those were created in response to Vietnam-era veterans who didn't trust the VA after returning from their traumatic experience and being shunned nationwide. These vet centers started popping up, and basically what they do is they provide free mental health services to combat veterans and sometimes to their families. So I try to um, actually host legal clinics there on site. Uh, we also host legal clinics at the VA hospital in Long Beach in order to provide these services at a place where they can get comfortable with the atmosphere and be exposed to different counselors and therapists and potentially take them up on their offer of assistance. One thing I've tried to do, because I was in the military and I've been in the judicial system for a long time, and you've, you've seen these people, all they want to do is be accepted. And I make it a special point, and I recommend it to everyone here listening and pass the word. If you see someone that's in a wheelchair, see someone that is that obviously has some mental problems, physical problems, whatever, don't look away. Just, just It makes them feel shunned. I look them in the eye and say, you know, good morning. You don't have to give them money, you don't have to just treat them as normal people. And that, and they crave that. They just want normality. And of course, they also need some assistance. And that's where VLI comes in. But I imagine that, uh, uh, Antoinette, you look, you look them in the eyes as well. And you don't, you don't treat them with, with outward compassion as such. Just treat them as they're normal because they're human beings. Am I on that? I agree. I believe that the standard of respect that I offer to my colleagues and my family is the same that I offer to strangers. So if I see you, whether you're homeless or not, and our paths cross and I look your way, I usually will either nod my head or offer some sort of greeting if I assess that the situation is safe. So I think you're absolutely spot on that it's okay to acknowledge people, and, and that's just one way you can be a good citizen. So you have, you are an attorney, of course, uh, Ms. Balta, or Major Balta, but uh, you don't really do a lot of legal work because you have a lot of administrative work to do. Uh, how do you find attorneys to assist you in doing this God's work for our veterans? Well, you know, that being said, it's true. I've been doing a lot more of operating the overall organization, and that's taken me away from being a staff attorney. But my true passion is to have boots to the ground and work with the veterans. So about 10% of my time is allocated to cases that I'm passionate about. Um, and finding attorneys is a little bit tricky because while there is a plethora of people who would love to do this work because so many people are service-minded and they want to do feel-good work, the problem is, across the board, nonprofits nationwide tend to pay executives significantly less than their private counterparts. So an executive director of a nonprofit, while they're working just as hard and may have the same education and they're doing the same types of things, you know, a nonprofit is still a business, is getting paid usually significantly less than someone in the private industry or the private sector um, with the same duties. Uh, that being said, we do find lots of staff attorneys. We have a position open right now, and we've received several um, resumes and applications. 
we tend to get people that have volunteered as law clerks while they're in law school, and once they graduate, they seek employment with us because they understand the, the breadth of the work and they love the clientele. We get people nationwide applying for these um, staff attorney positions, and we have very little, uh, you know, very few of the people that work for us ever leave. So the staff we have, the turnover is very low. So we like to maintain consistency in order to provide more efficient services. But when there is an opening, um, we put the word out to all the law schools and, and on the Internet, and we kind of see who we can get. And the first question we always ask them in interviewing is, why are you passionate about serving veterans? Sure. You also have volunteers that say are working in law firms, but volunteer to take a case or three uh, to follow up on that. Does that work pretty well? Absolutely. As, as a board member of the Orange County Bar Association, I've had significant support from the you know, administration of the OCBA as well as the 8,000-plus attorneys that work there. Um, we put out what's called a case list, and it's where we anonymously list all the cases that are available and we place a significant amount of our cases with, and what I say is, you know, hey, did you serve? And most people say, oh, I wish I did, or I did. And then I say, you know, could you contribute to a veteran in need? There are many ways to do it. Everyone can write a check if they're comfortable doing that. But let's say you're not, or you can't, or you've already, you know, given to your children's school or your place of worship. One way you can do is you can support veterans by offering up what you're talented at. What is your skill set? Is it your time, your talent, your treasure? And the Orange County attorneys have been so generous with their time. Um, Loeb and Loeb, a Los Angeles-based firm, uh, Colonel Cohen works there, and he sent several members of his staff uh, to our VA Long Beach Healthcare Clinic to assist veterans there. Um, we've got Holly Tiche from a, a local firm over here who's a paralegal, and she weekly comes in to volunteer. Uh, O'Melvenia Myers, Rattan and Tucker, there are so many different law firms that step up and say, give us a case. We want to help out. So we've been very blessed by the community to work hand-in-hand with them. As you know, it does take a village to support this issue in order to empower those in need. And we've found that we have that support. It's increasing, and we need more. You know, Antoinette, I have my own bias and that is, I'm proud of our legal profession. I don't laugh at lawyer jokes. I don't tell lawyer jokes because I think they're unnecessary. You know, I, we, it's okay to laugh at ourselves, but that's just me. But I think the legal profession volunteers as much or more than any other profession really I'm aware of. The medical too, and doctors and dentists, but but we really do provide a lot of what we call pro bono services. And you mentioned a couple of very outstanding law firms, uh, and they have two benefits there. Number one, they get some, some to, to have, feel that gratification that are assisting a, a really important need. But also, of course, you can give some practical experience to some young lawyers that uh, are, are anxious to get into court or anxious to deal administratively with various people. So I, I think that that is something that really is a, a wonderful situation all around, gratification, practical experience, and, of course, the whole idea, good results for our veterans. Uh, I bet that you find that quite a bit. Absolutely. It's, it's a circle of gratitude and gifts for all. We do train uh, law students and newer attorneys. In return, they're helping out veterans. We hire veterans to help other veterans. I mean, 
truly just as much as receiving, giving the gift of assistance is a gift in and of itself. I hadn't thought of that before. You So if I'm a veteran, I come to VLI and get some assistance, uh, you recruit me to assist for other veterans. Is that kind of an active program? Because it sounds like a perfectly natural idea. You know, believe it or not, we don't have a problem recruiting clientele, but a lot of the veterans that have benefited from our services have actually gone on to law school or asked to um, provide volunteer services, and a couple work for us now. So, I mean, it's, it ranges from I've had veterans reach out and say, hey, I know you have an upcoming fundraiser. Can I help you set up? To uh, veterans that say, I know these attorneys that I met. I'd like to introduce you to them. To veterans that have gone through law school, completed the process, and come back and say, I want to volunteer for you regularly, and when you have an opening, I'd like to work for you. Now, that's just outstanding. That, that That's a perpetual cycle. Let me change the subject a little bit because I was Navy JAG. I was an attorney in the Navy for four years. And I was I just naturally would frown upon and, and degrade, in effect, people that got undesirable discharges from the military and frequently, of course, for some rather serious things. But I, I've taken the edge off that a little bit since my connection with VLI, that what if someone gets PSTTSD or, or has problems developed in the military, and then, of course, they act out in the military and they harm someone or the rest and they get an undesirable discharge. But do you think, because veterans who have undesirable discharges do not get VA benefits, as I understand the law, uh, do you think that that is appropriate or should there be an added, or is there an added feature for a veteran that because of the maladies that they incurred while on duty, uh, maybe we should give them some benefits and, and uh, assistance as well. What do you think? That's a great question, Judge Gray, because it's always easy on the face of things to make a superficial um, judgment of people and say, oh, this person has a less than honorable discharge. They must be a bad person. And what most people don't understand is most people think, civilians think, oh, it's honorable or dishonorable. They don't understand that there are tiers of the characterization of your separation from the military. So it starts with honorable, general under honorable, other than honorable, bad conduct discharge, dishonorable, or dismissal if you're an officer. Now, along with these tiers of separation, your benefits will correlate to that. So, for example, if you have anything less than an honorable, including a general under honorable, which is typically still an honorable discharge, you don't get to access your GI Bill, which you paid into in the military. So we have to look deeper and say, well, why are people getting less than honorable discharges? Now, in my opinion, the majority of the time when the military separates you with the less than honorable, they're right to do so. However, just in any type of organization, sometimes things slip or mistakes happen. And we see this often with um, service members that were in combat that developed mental health issues or um, started to self-medicate people that suffered from military sexual trauma, and as a result of that sexual trauma, um, they behave differently, which causes them to get separated out of the military. And if you'd like, I'd, I'd be happy to share with you one recent case that we had. Uh, Please do. We, we had a Marine, great. We had a Marine Corps uh, veteran who had served twice, he deployed twice to Iraq, was on the front lines in the big battle of Fallujah. I mean, truly a warrior, joined when he was 18 or 19 years old. Till now, you know, several years later, lives, breathes the Marine Corps. And this gentleman 
went to deployed to Iraq, witnessed some horrible, devastating things, and and I will spare you the details because it's it's hard just to hear it. I can't imagine what it was like to live through that. He returned back to California, went back again for a second time, saw multiple service members get blown up in a truck, including um, female Marines and burned to death where he was in a position on watch where he couldn't do anything. And this all led to him returning. And again, he was had top evaluations. He was training new Marine recruits. Um, one day, one weekend goes out on Liberty, uh, meaning he was off of service for that weekend. And his uncle who raised him was murdered at an ATM over a few dollars. And combine that with the fact that his mom became homeless because no one was supporting her. What did he do? He smoked marijuana. And what people may or may not know is even if you have a marijuana card, if your state, if marijuana is legal in your state, in the military, it's just not allowed. And a lot of times it's an automatic OTH or other than honorable. So this Marine, who was a few months short of finishing his contract, was um, processed out of the Marine Corps. His commanding officer and one of the sergeants in his unit both wrote him letters that said, this is a stellar Marine. They don't make them better than this. He gave everything for this country. Absent this one error in judgment, we would like him to stay in and get mental health treatment for his trauma. Otherwise, if you do separate him, we suggest he gets an honorable discharge. Now, unfortunately, in this gentleman's case, he didn't. He got an other than honorable. Now, fast forward over a decade later, he came and he said, I'd like to apply for an upgrade. And the first question we always ask is, why? And he didn't say, oh, I want benefits or, oh, I want... He said to me, well, I'm a Marine. I'm always going to be a Marine. I love the Marine Corps. I work with families killed in action till now. And I just, I, I know I made a mistake, but I, I feel like I deserve that honorable discharge. And so Antoinette. what happens is we built him. Yes, sir. Yes, you're, you're right in this. We're Now we're into some examples, which we really should be. And when we come back in our last segment, we're going to finish this story and, and say some more because you're doing God's work for us all. Antoinette Balta, the Veterans Legal Institute, and we're going to uh, get even more in-depth in that when we come back just after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Libertarian Party is the third largest political party in the United States, and it's more successful than ever. We don't just talk the talk of individual liberty and free markets. We also walk the walk. Libertarian Party candidates are getting elected to office across the United States, and we are making a difference. The Libertarian Party is also the only third party that routinely has ballot access in every state. Our achievements and influence grow every year, and you can be part of that success. You can register as a Libertarian Party voter in your state to help us achieve easier ballot access. You can also visit lp.org today to become a member of the Libertarian Party, no matter which party you register with. Join the Libertarian Party today at lp.org. Together, we can move mountains. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray. To find out more about Judge Gray, visit JudgeJimGray.com. That's JudgeJimGray.com. Now, back to All Rise. Well, welcome back to All Rise. And as we pursue these various issues, if we employ justice and fairness and gratification like good people such as Antoinette Balta, the Veterans Legal Institute, we will, as Americans, all rise together. Okay, life is complicated and and things don't always fit into pigeonholes. Yes, we can get bureaucratic and that certainly happens and to some degree it has to. But Antoinette Balta, I just kind of interrupted you when you were talking about this Marine. I'll always be a Marine. Yes, he made a mistake and error in judgment, but even as CEO and and commanding officer, and others would write him letters. Uh, continue with that story. Does it have a happy ending, I hope? Well, Judge Jim Gray, I hope I didn't leave you and the listeners in suspense. It, it was a very emotional story, especially given the fact that this Marine, again, has been working with families killed in action. He's married, has three children. He works 40 hours a week. Um, the less exciting part of the story is that he still suffers today from his combat trauma. So he is receiving assistance through the VA, and he still does partake in medical marijuana. He ingests it um, because he has significant issues with sleeping at night, nightmares, anxiety. He can't be in crowded places, um, and he's ingesting it under the supervision of a VA doctor. So while people are quite partisan on this issue of whether or not medical marijuana is okay, sometimes I, I ask my supporters to look beyond what's just kind of your political position on this thing, but look at the human issue, the human element involved. This gentleman sacrificed really his youth for our nation. He deployed twice, was in combat, and really as a result of his experiences in the military will never be the same. And he loves the Marine Corps, and he was only a few months short of his enlistment. So um, we did submit the brief. It took about over a year and a half to schedule a hearing. The hearings are in Washington, D.C., and they let us conduct the hearing over the phone. Um, Lots of questions were asked. The hearing took several hours, and about six weeks later, we received um, notification that he was upgraded from an other-than-honorable to a general-under-honorable characterization of service. So while it's not a full honorable, the Marine was in tears when he found out, and he said, you know, this makes it all worth it. I love the Marine Corps, and I love my country. So in that particular case, I felt that the upgrade was justified. Um, The Marine is still seeking treatment, and I think that this restores his dignity and self-worth, and it will improve his mental health as a result. Tell us a few. Let's let's talk about what the VA does. I know they're bureaucratic, and they have to be. It's a large organization, but a lot of people run afoul of – of trying to get the help they need, the services they need, uh, and they're unsuccessful. Uh, what what should they do 
primarily uh, to try to get on the good side of the VA and get the services necessary, either by themselves or maybe a family member. Are there any tips or, or uh, pitfalls that we can talk about as to dealing with the VA? Sure. I mean, I'd, I'd like to start by saying that for every one person that complains about the VA, I truly believe there are 10 people out there who had a great experience, but most people don't like to share things like, oh, I, I experienced this and got mental health services at the you know, VA, or I had this malady and I had surgery at the VA. Most people like to keep their medical and mental health affairs private, um, and it's only when one becomes disgruntled that they speak out. Now, are those um, complaints that they have valid? Many times they are, and there are ways that one can advocate on one's own behalf, and there are other routes that they can take. So, for starters, most VAs have what are called patient advocates. So, if you're having trouble, for example, I had one gentleman um, that I met at our clinic at the VA hospital in Long Beach, and he said, you know, I've had this CPAP machine since the 1990s. And I don't mind that it's an old CPAP, but I can no longer buy the filters. They don't make them anymore. And now I'm having trouble breathing and sleeping at night, and the VA won't give me a new CPAP machine. Now, I found that to be an incredulous story. Like, why wouldn't they give him the CPAP machine? But when this veteran was speaking more, I realized, you know, he has trouble with communication because he had traumatic brain injury. And so what I did is I called a patient advocate. I explained the situation. And this veteran had a new CPAP machine within the week. And he had told me that he had been trying for months to um, get that machine. So sometimes you just need to find the right advocate to tell your story for you. Um, and if that doesn't work and you feel that you've been wronged or you're entitled to something from the VA, you can always contact your local uh, legislator and they can make an inquiry on your behalf. Now, typically, if your legislator makes an inquiry, the VA is mandated to respond most of the time within 30 days, and they usually do that. So sometimes it just kind of places a little fire or sense of urgency for the VA, and I suggest those two mechanisms. And, you know, if you don't like your VA, if there's another one within driving distance, sometimes it's just better to change altogether to make sure that you're getting the standard of care that you uh, are entitled to. I, I think you you probably mean the member of Congress, a, fe, a federal Congress, and not your local legislator. Is is that a correction? You know what? Um, that is true, but we've actually worked with some um, state uh, legislators as well that have helped us because they have personal ties to the local VAs, but you're correct. Yes, you're congressperson. You know, people are supposed to be responsive in government, and uh, I think that is a great suggestion. It's a, it's a win for everyone. So contact your member of Congress. They have staff that, that can have access, and that, that's really good example. Uh, tell us, I, I love stories, uh, war stories as such, so to speak. Uh, tell, tell us a, a couple of other victories or even a defeat that you've had at VLI uh, within the last few years that uh, just puts more flesh on the bones of, of what you're doing. You know, um, well, we had a veteran and the veteran's spouse and two children getting evicted from their apartment. And for those familiar with working with people that are about to become homeless, it's much easier to help someone stay in their present um, residence versus when someone is out or becomes chronically homeless because then you have to come up with first month, last month, security deposit, moving costs. And this particular veteran uh, received a notice from the landlord that they were evicting him because he had a service dog. But what, it, what in actuality was happening was 
the veteran had a long-term lease, and the cost of the um, apartment building had, uh, the value had gone up. And so this veteran was essentially getting a really good deal. So the landlord thought, okay, how can I get rid of him? Well, he has a service dog. Well, in California, you're protected if you have a service dog. Um, so, you know, we had to actually go to court and say, here's the law. Um, this veteran, his wife, and his children are entitled to the service dog. You've known about the dog the entire time. You can't, um, you can't evict him. And so eventually we did, uh, we were successful. The veteran and his family and dog got to stay in the house. And it's more than just, oh, they got to stay in their apartment. It's, we kept the family unit together. The veteran and his spouse were arguing because this added stress to their marriage. You know, uh, the children, if they were going to have to move, they might have had to leave their school district. It would cause a lot of tense feelings and situations in the household. So we feel that we provided a service not only to the veteran himself, but to the entire family unit. Um, but we're not just limited to helping actual veterans. We actually support veteran-owned businesses businesses, and veteran-serving nonprofits. And one example of that would be a 100% disabled veteran I know wanted to start a uh, nonprofit to provide um, alternative therapy to veterans through sports. And he needed some assistance with a trademark. And oftentimes, you know, IP type of work is very expensive. So I contacted the chairman of the board at VLI. His name is Mark Hankin, and he runs Hankin Patent Law, and they specialize in IP. And I said, there's a veteran who needs some trademark work. Would you be willing to assist him pro bono? This veteran is 100% disabled, and the type of alternative therapies he's offering to other veterans is a game changer in our community. And Mark threw up his hands in the air and said, of course I'll help out this veteran. So... Because of that small level of assistance, I mean, it was small for Mark, but it was huge for this veteran. This veteran has now gone on to serve hundreds of other veterans in need because he had the right resources available and attorneys there to advocate on his behalf. That's just, that's just outstanding. You know, such messages here to our vets, to the family that, that see their, their veteran uh, family member in trouble. Don't be bashful. I still remember when I was first in the United States Attorney's Office, I was a federal prosecutor, and one time I was in court, and the clerk called the case, you know, United States of America versus John Smith. And John Smith stood at the lectern and said, oh, my God, it's as if the entire country is against me and I'm alone. Well, you're not alone. We have numbers of good organizations, not only public defenders in the military, in, in courts, but you have organizations like Veterans Legal Institute. Uh, we do have elected officials that will help, but they won't help unless you approach them. You have, you're not alone, and, and that's such an important thing to do. And Antoinette, you were talking about mental illness, which is a really difficult thing. And fortunately, we're starting to train our law enforcement officers more about these issues. When I was on the bench, I would look at people that had mental illnesses of some form and said, you know, don't be bashful about this. It's just as if you had diabetes. If you have diabetes, you have a, a, a chemical imbalance in your in your body, and if you take, you know, your your normal insulin, uh, don't be embarrassed about it. It's the same thing as you have a chemical imbalance in your in your brain, and you're taking some, in effect, the equivalent of of uh, some medicine uh, for that, and as well. So people have help. They have people like Antoinette Balta. Antoinette, again, just give us your website or give the 
information. If you're here in Southern California, you can use the services of Veterans Legal Institute. If not, uh, you can. There are numbers of, of areas in which you you have support out there, uh, and you can find who they are through Veterans Legal Institute and Antoinette. How do they do that again? Just remind us. Well, you can come to our website. It's www.vetslegal.com. Vets is like veterans. That's legal, one word, dot com. And you can also check us out on Facebook at Veterans Legal Institute, on Instagram at Vets Legal OC, and we're also on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. What if somebody wanted to make a financial contribution? Would that be acceptable, um, Ms. Balta? Yes. You know, Veterans Legal Institute is a 501c3, and we do depend on the support of the community. Uh, financial donations can be made directly through our website, or you can mail a check. Our addresses on our website. They are appreciated, and they are tax-deductible to the extent allowed to by law. We also accept gift cards for our clients. So if you find it in your heart that you say, hey, if a veteran can't afford gas to get to um, the law office or to get to his or her medical appointments, um, you can entrust us with gas cards. We will distribute those. Um, and we also accept basic toiletries. And we work with other nonprofits. Actually, one of my vendors the other day stopped by six bags of clothing that I plan to give to Patriots and Paws, and they distribute clothing and furniture for free um, to veterans in need. There are a lot of groups out there. I, I say somewhat frequently on this show, All Rise, that Yes, there are a lot of bad things happening in the world, but you know something else? There's a lot of good things happening, too. There are a lot of good, intended, caring people out there like Antoinette Balta, a lot of good organizations like uh, VLI. But uh, I tell you, like I said earlier, uh, don't cross Antoinette. She's not known as being a panther for nothing. She she goes to the mattresses for her people, and, and good for you. Oh, final question, because I kind of led into this before. It is correct, is it not, that the burden is on the veteran to show that whatever condition he she has uh, was gained while they're in the military? Uh, do you think, like I do, that the burden should be reversed and it should be up to the government to show that whichever condition was not caused by their military service? What are your thoughts on that as we end? You know, I think that the way the system is is not perfect, but I think it works. I just think that we need to educate people more on how the system works, and that includes service providers as well as the veterans themselves. Okay. Uh, you're closer to it than I am, but uh, uh, I've already committed to you that if there's anything I can do in helping, uh, I'm a retired judge, former JAG officer, and, and on your board, but uh, please don't don't hesitate to call on me and uh, others, too. If you are out there and you have questions, contact VLI. You heard their website. Contact Antoinette directly if, if you need to. Uh, assist. It is a really great gratification to be able to use a benefits that we have uh, as citizens in our country to assist those that uh, aren't doing quite so well. So Antoinette, any, any, uh, any anticipated future endeavors that uh, VLI is going to get into, or is it kind of steady as she goes, mate? Well, I'm excited to announce that we, through Prop 63, have given a, been given a grant through the California Department of Veterans Affairs, so we will be expanding to provide services to the Inland Empire which includes Riverside and San Bernardino County. And historically, there's been very few services offered there. So we're excited to help out our fellow brethren in that part of the state. 
And if you're interested in supporting Veterans Legal Institute by attending its fundraisers, we will be getting together on September 23rd uh, at the Center Club in Costa Mesa. It's called Lawyers for Warriors, and the tickets are for sale on our website. And lastly, on November 12th, Fletcher Jones uh, Mercedes dealership in Newport Beach will be hosting their Patriots Promise event. And you can go to patriotspromise.org. It's Patriots patriots-promise.org, and buy tickets there. But it's a wonderful event celebrating veterans, and VLI will be among one of the beneficiaries of that event. Well, Antoinette Balta of the Veterans Legal Institute, thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving such, such optimism about conditions that life isn't fair. We know that, but we do have that obligation to our veterans. They were the ones that are keeping us secure. They're the ones that salute and say, yes, sir, and go off and put themselves into battle if they're so ordered. Uh, and, And we just really appreciate what you're doing. So there you have it. In many ways, like we said, life is complicated, but but it really can be made more straightforward using libertarian approaches. What's that? Of individual responsibility and liberty and, of course, assistance. We are so blessed that we're able to help those that are not as fortunate as we or who put themselves in harm's way for our security. So let's discuss these things. Uh, Yes, I think I was legitimately uh, brought back a bit by Antoinette Balta. And, and she was defending the Veterans Administration. Uh, I have never, I've never had any association with them. You hear these stories, but she's saying nine times out of ten, they're doing their job. Many, many really wonderful people there doing what they can, but we can all help do better. Look people in the eye. They are, they are wearing a cap saying of army or or marine corps or whatever thank them for their service you know we we regardless of whether you've agreed with vietnam war or or wherever else our soldiers are the ones that are out there putting themselves right in the way for our liberties thank them for that otherwise you know, we're we're so involved with with pushing one side against another today, the government as opposed to uh, uh, others. Let's, let's realize that there's a lot of good things happening. We discuss a lot of those on here at All Rise, the Libertarian Way with Judge Jim Gray, imposing our gratification as well as our skills and our gratitude for who we are and where we are. So again, Antoinette Balta, Veterans Legal Institute, thank you for being with us. And we'll talk to you another another subject, giving you pause and gratification and results next time on Libertarian Way with Judge Jim Gray. In the meantime, life is good. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening today. All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired judge Jim Gray can be heard every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We know you'll want to join us again next week and tell your friends that help is on the way. Strengthen my bonds that help us stand strong. We are Americans all. Strengthen my bonds that help us stand strong.